I'm Dave Breckenridge, and you're listening to 10.3. Canada's auto industry was dealt a blow this past week with the announced closure of General Motors' plant in Oshawa. The closure, which is set to happen in December 2019, ends a 100-year run for the auto company in the southern Ontario city. We look at what the closure will mean for the community, what the current state of Canada's auto sector is, and what the future could hold as people's attitudes to cars change. It's Friday, November 30th. Before we get to our conversation, I'm hoping you can do us a favor. If you've been listening to the show and you enjoy it, please tell your friends about us. The best way for us to grow is through word of mouth. They can subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Emily Jackson has been covering the GM plant closure for the Financial Post. So, Emily, for those who may be behind on the news, what exactly was it the GM announced last weekend? General Motors announced last weekend that it was going to be closing not just the uh, auto production plant in Oshawa, but it was going to be closing eight plants across the world over by, or by the end of 2019. So, one of these plants is in Canada. This is the Oshawa plant, a 100-year-old plant that is really storied and has been a centerpiece in the community. It's also closing four plants in the United States, including including the storied Detroit plant. So it it wasn't just the Canadian plant that is slated for cuts here. Uh, General Motors said that it is making some pretty drastic slices. Uh, will will result in the loss of 6,700 manufacturing jobs, nearly 3,000 of which are in Canada. So that's a, a big blow kind of to two hubs of the auto sector in Canada and the U.S. Why was it that General Motors said it was time for these plants to get closed? So GM is saying it's making these cuts in order to pre prepare itself for the future. Right now, consumers have been more interested in buying crossovers or SUVs or trucks, and they're really steering away from sedans or cars. Oshawa unfortunately made two sedans, the Chevy Impala and the Cadillac XTS. Um, and these cars just aren't selling as much as trucks or SUVs and as much as other small cars on the market. So unfortunately, this Oshawa production plant was particularly vulnerable in Canada because not only was it selling cars that people weren't interested in buying, but it was only operating at about one third capacity. Um, the CEO of GM, Mary Barra, said she is just no longer willing to operate plants at uh, such a low capacity. What does this closure mean for the auto sector in Canada in general? Like how significant was the plant in terms of the overall industry here? So this plant significance it it really is a lot about the historical significance of the plant. It's been around for 100 years. It has been a staple of the community and um it has been really critical for Oshawa to to keep jobs in that plant. Uh, GM even recently retrofitted this plant so it could produce trucks as well. Um, it was producing the Silverado and the Sierra, um, some older models of that on a temporary basis. So people thought that Oshawa, because of its sort of flexibility and its adaptability, would be a good place to keep production. However, it was still only producing about 5.6% of the total volume of cars produced in Canada, which is about 2 million cars. So this was a 
This was a small fraction of Canada's auto industry. The layoffs will result in about uh, 2% of the job losses in the overall industry, which employs about 140,000 Canadians. So it is a small fraction. However, I really don't want to understate how devastating this is for Oshawa Oshawa alone and the workers at the Oshawa plant. Yeah, and it, it it's not as though Oshawa, this, this isn't the first big hit they took. When you talk about the plant operating at about a third of capacity, there was uh, another big blow about 10 years ago when the plant really dropped its production. And I, I imagine there were probably job losses that went along with that. Absolutely. Uh, 10 years ago, we're going back to the financial crisis when the governments worked to to essentially bail out GM and help out Chrysler as well. Um, the Canadian government, the US government lent billions to these companies in order for them to survive the fallout. Um, GM and GM never really got back to its levels before this big fallout 10 years ago. So the auto industry has certainly has certainly taken a hit from its peak. When we rewind 20 years ago, which was the peak of auto production in Canada in 1999, Canada was producing about 3 million cars annually. Now we're just shy of 2 million cars. So you think about the volume of production has dropped so drastically in just 20 years. That means a lot of job losses as well. You talk about a growing demand for trucks and SUVs, um, which is why uh, this plant was kind of pegged as it was making larger sedans. But, you know, there are other plants in Canada that are, that are doing quite a good uh, clip when it comes to production. The The largest market share in Canada is a plant that makes Honda Civics, correct? Yes, that's correct. That is the um, Honda plant in Alliston. It it makes about 20% of the cars that are coming out of Canada or the vehicles rather that are coming out of Canada it, it makes Honda Civics, which is the best-selling car in Canada, has been for 20 years. Um, so it, it's interesting GM's decision. It blamed it partially on the cars versus um, SUVs model, but there are still a lot of plants in Canada that do make cars that are faring a bit better. I think the bigger problem was that people simply weren't buying the Chevy Impala or the Cadillac XTS. Um, the other plant in Canada that makes cars is one of Toyota's plants. Um, it is making the Corolla, which is another best-selling car. So it's not as cut and dry, but certainly the demand has shifted into those larger vehicles as engines are getting more fuel efficient it is a bit more affordable to power these larger trucks as they get more fuel efficient. So of Canada's remaining seven auto plants, um, once Oshawa shuts down, currently three of them are also making cars. So it's it's not the end of the sedan for good. But I mean, when I was a kid, uh, big sedans were seen as what the family car was. And now you're, you have a whole range of SUV choices, crossover SUVs, compact or large, or, you know, it, it seems that the it's more could be more a generational thing. How healthy overall is Canada's auto sector? You, you talk about the number of cars we produce has gone down, but overall, how how are we faring? It's a tough question because uh, some economists are saying that maybe we've hit our peak of production. So 
is 2 million cars, was that the peak? Are we on the way down now? They're looking at not only how the auto industry is producing or what they're producing right now, they're looking at the general changes in demand. You talked about when you were a kid, you know, everyone got that family sedan, that family car. Nowadays, as people are living closer to the downtown core um, and those pesky millennials who are who have vastly different buying habits, maybe aren't getting a car at all. They're instead taking transit. Or if they are buying a car, they're having one per household instead of every member of a household having a vehicle. So these these demographic shifts are making a big difference. The other big change is ride sharing. Um, as it becomes easier and easier to get around without owning your own vehicle, um, that that is another thing that's impacting the overall demand for cars. Now, economists are warning that the demand for cars still does remain healthy. You know, when you have those big life events, you have kids, you um, you move further outside the city in order to get a house you can afford. People are still buying cars. However, uh, the demand might have hit a peak. What is the future for the sector in Canada? Do we try to become a hub for making autonomous vehicles? Do we try to become a hub for making electric vehicles? Or is there another segment of the industry altogether that Canada can look at? So that's a really good question. I, the The question of electric vehicles is interesting. So currently, as it stands, three out of the uh, seven remaining plants in Canada do make some sort of hybrid vehicle. But but I want to touch on the electric vehicle thing. As GM is making this decision, it said it wants to take the savings of $6 billion per year and invest that into... Um, invest that into electric vehicles and self-driving vehicles. But I want to note that the plant they closed in Detroit was actually making the Chevy Volt. That was um, one of their electric vehicles that just wasn't selling very well because when it comes down to it, lithium batteries are still quite expensive and there isn't yet that demand from the average consumer due to the price point. So GM says it will be investing in electric vehicles going forward, but currently we're at a point where they still remain out of reach for the average consumer just because the price point is that little bit higher. So then we take a look at self-driving vehicles or autonomous vehicles and that is this area of research that massive companies around the world are pouring money into, um, something that could also reduce the number of cars on the road as, say, you have a self-driving vehicle that drives you to work, then drives itself home, perhaps, and picks up the kids, takes them to school, could eliminate um, those extra cars that a household might need to have. So this is the area of research that people are zeroing in on. Um, when it comes to self-driving vehicles, that reality is years away. But there are little pieces of a connected car that are happening more quickly, whether that's assisted uh, driver-assisted braking or the systems that connect you to your phone or to the internet or what have you. That's the area that some people are saying Canada could excel in. I spoke with Flavio Volpe. He is the president of the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association, and he says the bet is on connected car technology. And essentially where Canada is really well positioned is with our IT sector and our technology sector, essentially, we're very well positioned to make those bits 
that make the car smarter. So essentially make the brains of the car. And you have companies like BlackBerry that are doing stuff in this field. So I think that is that is where people see the bet for Canada moving forward. But as it stands with the plants we have right now, um, they are they are defending the vehicles they are making and saying they are adaptable and ready for the future. That remains to be seen. And I think it will depend on the overall demand for cars. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, it's unfortunate for what happened to the plant in Oshawa and, and the declines in the sector that lead to job loss. But at the same time, uh, I think that everyone agrees that we need to at least be trying to look forward to the future to carve out a segment of that sector for Canadian jobs. Uh, Emily, thanks very much for your time. Dave, thank you for having me. After the break, we take a look at how Oshawa is dealing with the announced closure. The National Post launched 20 years ago to be a distinctive and surprising voice in the media landscape. Though much has changed over the past two decades, what hasn't is the core appeal of a paper dedicated to conservative values, interesting voices, unique perspectives, and a sense of fun. Check out what you've been missing. Get 20% off a one-year subscription to the National Post with promo code HAPPY20. That's HAPPY20. Jeff Sokodny is a reporter with the Financial Post and has been covering this story from the perspective of how things are going in Oshawa. So, Jeff, this announced closure seemed to have caught a lot of people in Oshawa by surprise. Just how big a shock is it for the community? It was a massive shock. Uh, when word of this started trickling out on Sunday night, people were running around asking what's going on. Um it wasn't until Unifor, the union that represents auto workers at the plant, put out a, a statement later in the evening that we started to get a better picture of what it is that could be happening. And it was uh, more or less confirmed by GM the next day when it said that the Oshawa plant was going to be among those that was not going to have any future products allocated to it uh, after 2019. The, the speculation running up to it had really prompted a, a lot of surprise among people in the community. For our story, uh, who I which I worked on with uh, Jake Edmiston, who's another reporter at the Post. Uh, you know, we talked to the mayor of Oshawa. He uh, was caught off guard by it, uh, and so you know, if that was the case, I, I think there were just a lot of people that were caught flat-footed. Now, while this came as a shock, this isn't the first time that Oshawa has taken a big hit uh, from GM. What can you tell me about? how GM's Oshawa output has changed over the last 15 or 20 years. There was a time uh, in, in the 1980s when GM in Oshawa employed more than 20,000 workers directly uh, making cars and trucks. And, and it's come down to the point where uh, this latest threat is to you know nearly 3,000 workers. So it, it's really just a fraction of what it used to be. And it's because through uh, the last few decades, the, the company has winnowed down production. The most recent move prior to this latest uh, announcement was you know, earlier this, this decade that the company wasn't going to build its newest uh, model of the Chevrolet Camaro in Oshawa, which it had been doing, and that it was going to move it to Michigan. 
uh, and that was a, a big blow to the plant. So you've you've had these sort of incremental losses that have hit the plant as the company has allocated uh, production to other places. But with this one that was announced this week, you know, it, it is a very much a, a big threat to just the ongoing production of vehicles in Oshawa in general. When you have a community that takes these kind of gradual cuts over time, how does that wear on the community as a whole? It is stressful. I was born in Oshawa. I grew up in Oshawa. I know people that have worked at GM Oshawa. I know people who know people that worked at GM Oshawa. Uh, There are people that, you know, a lot of their livelihood have been connected to what goes on at that plant. And so anytime you have uh, an announcement of any kind of change that's going on there, it really grabs people's attention because it's more than just the the guys working on the line. There's the the feeder plants around the GM Oshawa plant. Uh, there are the people that serve uh, the people who work on, at these plants. Uh, you know, food, the restaurants, uh, uh, the 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 local governments derive a lot of tax revenue from either the workers or or from the companies. Uh, so when these things come up, it, it can be a very stressful situation because. Uh, it's taking it requires the, the the city to sort of take a look at what's going on and, and really try and figure out uh, how it's going to position itself going forward. Yeah, these are, these are jobs that have direct economic spinoff for the community. I, I think I read somewhere it was um, possibly from Unifor saying that for every one job at the GM Oshawa plant, you're talking about seven spinoff jobs in the economy. What happens in a year when this plant closes. I know the union has said they want to fight this closure, but presumably in December 2019, it's going to close. Well, uh, w- what happens is uh, like what, what I've seen is that there are going to be workers who are either retiring or that are, you know, maybe GM tries to, to find a spot for them at some of their other plants in Ontario, or, you know, then there's just workers that are, are going to be out of a job, I guess. Like you mentioned the fact that Uniform is pushing hard to to keep this thing going. And today, like they, they've doubled down on that. So th- that is something that uh, I'll be interested to see is that what kind of efforts going to be mounted, um, not only by the union, uh, but by the governments around them. Uh, the the union's kind of calling on them to do something. And so far, the governments have, have not really, uh, they, they've sort of lost uh, a lot of their levers to, to pull when it comes to GM uh, since they had helped the company financially during the auto crisis in 2008, 2009, when they had, uh, you know, in Canada that we had given General Motors $10.8 billion to, 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 to stick or to help them out. And in return, the governments of Ontario and Canada were granted some shares in the company. Uh, those shares are gone. That, that's something for me that I'll be watching, but it's, it, it's, it's hard, to, hard to really tell what the future is going to hold with that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, upsetting for surely for the families and of the workers who are impacted by the closure and uh, something that we'll be watching to see how governments respond over the next weeks and months as we get closer to the actual closure date. Jeff, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me. 10-3 is produced by Carson Drama. Technical support this episode from John Richardson in Toronto. Special thanks to Emily Jackson and Jeff Zodokny at the Financial Post. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.